You're listening to Paranormal Portal on Revolver Podcasts. everybody welcome to the paranormal portal podcast i hope you guys are having a wonderful night and thank you so much for tuning in and supporting all that we're doing here on the podcast it's uh been amazing you guys have been amazing out there uh checking us out and subscribing and downloading and um it's just a real real pleasure uh of course i'm your host brent thomas this is the paranormal portal podcast and uh once again special thanks to revolver podcast for making all this possible If you guys are doing great, welcome to the show. This is the Paranormal Portal. I'm your host, Brent Thomas. Thank you all for being here. And uh, before I go any further, let me introduce my good friend and co-host, Mr. Don Longbeard. How you doing, brother? Good? Oh, it's good. Yeah, today's been a great day. It started out, I forgot this, I forgot that. Then when I got to work, I set off the alarm. That was great. Um, so I'm batting a thousand today. <laughs> Let's see if we can break something in the studio, Don. Hey, yeah, that's not a problem for me. I do it all the time. <laughs> uh, well, yeah, but you've gotten better. I, I noticed that. But, but we, I got better. You got better. Um, so, ladies and gentlemen, we got a special show lined up for us tonight. It's going to be absolutely uh, amazing. This is uh, uh, her first appearance on the Paranormal Portal, but she was gracious enough to have me on her show. <laughs> and she is, of course, the host of Yowie Central. And I'm speaking, of course, of our guest tonight, Miss Sarah Bignell, is joining us. Ladies and gentlemen, let's bring her on. Hey, it's good to be here. Oh, it's good to have you here. Thank you so much for coming on and being a part of the journey. Um, I'm really excited about uh, talking about the Australian Yowie with you. This is a pretty, pretty awesome subject, and I know our listeners, our listeners are primarily Bigfoot and uh, cryptid listeners, and they're well versed in the in the Yowie. But uh, it's just really exciting to have you here finally. 
Yay, I'm excited too. (laughs) (laughs) I'm really excited about your show. I've listened to several episodes. You do a phenomenal job. But I got to ask you, um, how did you get into the Yowie? I mean, what was the, was there a catalyzing event or was there, was it just always a curiosity or how did this all begin? Uh, Sorry, excuse me. I was always one of those kids who read books and all the books that I read were fantasy books. So Uh started with Enid Blyton with the magic faraway tree and, you know, went on to the Narnia series by C.S. Lewis and, uh, the Dark is Rising, Susan Cooper, and then graduating on to Stephen King and Dean Koonst and, and, and then all the Harry Potter books. Oh, and yeah. it, the whole idea for me of magic, uh, yes. that you kind of, you don't find that out in the world quite as much as you get older. And I've always really, really loved the idea of that there's more out in the world than we can see that's supposed to be real. Um, so trolls elves fairies whatever i was always into it and of course bigfoot uh, mm-hmm. i remember seeing that the, the patterson gimlin footage as a kid mm-hmm. um at, just absolutely fascinated by it so i was an armchair researcher for many years uh a lurker on lots of different sites wes uh germa of sasquatch chronicles was a is a i'm a huge fan of his never heard of her um, yeah. <laughs> no who's that yeah <laughs> uh, no one of my one of my interviewer heroes one of my podcast goals um mm-hmm. so with the radio show i a, a friend of mine who does who who does a show on the local radio show, the local radio station. Mm -hmm. Um, It's just a volunteer community radio station. And she needed a co-host suddenly to, uh, to help her out one afternoon and said, just come on and talk about something. And I don't care what it is. I need you to (laughs) fill in for the co-host who is sick. So I said, well, can I talk about Yowie's? I don't know if I know about much else, but I've certainly been spending a lot of my free time armchair researching. Uh Uh-huh. And um, after that show, she was. She said, "You should do a show on this. This is really interesting." And and I, yeah, I guess I, I thought, well, I'll give it a crack. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> and and it's turned into this fantastic. Well, two years now I've been doing it. I think I'm up to episode seventy, one of it seventy two or something like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, weekly one hour show. Um, it's just. And, and starting at the beginning didn't have anybody to come on my show. I, I <laughs> no one at all. Thank God for Dean Harrison because Aww. he I must have caught him on a good day because he doesn't usually <laughs> like doing interviews yeah. and yeah. and uh, <laughs> as you know, and I got <laughs> I got him on a good day and he said yes. so oh, cool. that gave me this huge boost to, mm-hmm. to to keep going and to keep um, to keep. Uh, reaching out to different people who were researching the subject. And, yeah, it's turned into a really fun, fun show. It really is. And you do a wonderful job, first and foremost. Um, I, I, I had a blast when, when I came on and, and, of course, listening to you. You're very compassionate. You're very patient. You're very, uh, you're very comforting to these people. And it's clear that these people have experienced something that has turned their lives upside down when you're interviewing people. Um, and, and how, you know, you can just hear the, the struggle and how, how do I get back to normal? You know, you that's, do a- that's exactly right. I started doing uh, witness interviews for Dean Harrison of Australian Yowie Research. Mm-hmm. I realized that 
everyone that I was talking to was so traumatized, was really suffering classic signs of PTSD, Mm -hmm. uh, people who vividly remember things, even if it happened 30 years ago, uh, having trouble sleeping, uh, desperately needing counseling, really scary stuff. So, yeah, I guess that's what I wanted to create with with Yowie Central as well, was a, um, as well as with Australian Yowie Research, was that warm, safe space. Now, have you, have you personally had an experience with a Yowie? Not personally, no. And, and I, for many years, I, I, I really, I really wanted to. And I, I, part of me feels that as a researcher, um, uh, I don't have as much credibility with witnesses because I haven't actually seen one myself. But I, what I what I have realised over the last couple of years, um, and and with my understanding of how trauma works, mm-hmm. so many of the people that I, I speak to are so traumatised. I'm thinking I'm actually happy to live vicariously <laughs> for now. I'm yeah. I don't want to. The people I speak to are so frightened they pee their pants. I mean, yeah. literally. Um, and terrified for that, and they think they're going to die. So, mm. as as much as I really would love to see one, um, I'm a little bit, well, I'm a lot hesitant about <laughs> actually, <laughs> especially if I'm by myself out in the bush, which I, I, I am a lot. Uh, mm-hmm. I do a lot of bushwalking, so um, yeah, yeah, nah. <laughs> no, yeah, nah. <laughs> I, I, I'm with you. I think. I mean, it's it, it would be nice if I could if I could dictate the terms of it. Like, I'd like to see one, but way over there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, look, I, and I, I spoke to this, I, sp- I interviewed a witness uh, last, a couple of weeks ago. She had quite a different, she's a very spiritual, intuitive person, and she had quite a different take on these beings. And she wasn't frightened. And she describes having this massive seven-foot creature come out of the woods, kind of going coming out of the woods going, hi, like a little kid, like moving its arms Mm -hmm. as though I was excited to see her. And she (laughs) said she's one of the few people I've spoken to who talked about her encounter and her sighting being beautiful. She said it was the most beautiful being she'd ever seen and there was no fear, there was no, it was almost like she felt that the the being knew her somehow. so I'm hoping, I'm hoping that if I get a chance to, if I do have the chance to see one of those things, it's one of those beautiful, benign, loving, warm, fuzzy yeah. ones. Absolutely, I, I think that that would be very powerful if they're able to project that somehow. Maybe with pheromones, maybe with some other uh, natural um, mechanism. But can they project fear or project comfort? Right. Or you know, yeah. can do they have that ability? You know what I mean? Yeah, so I, I, I'd heard of the ability to emit infrasound, which is that sure. extremely low frequency sound that I, I've heard a lot of researchers talk about, mm-hmm. um, or makes you makes you feel so nauseous or paralysed that you can't move. Would wouldn't it be great if they can they can emit the opposite? So yeah. some kind of or, or some kind of infrasound, but that's a slightly different frequency that makes everyone relax and not be afraid. Um, that's a pretty that'd be cool, cool, wouldn't it? That's a pretty cool thought. You know, you might be onto yeah. something with that because what if it is a matter of what low frequency, like there's a low frequency sound that can make you feel afraid. There's one that can make you feel comfortable. You know, I mean, that's, that's really pretty brilliant. I like that. 
Go you ahead. know, it is it is amazing though how we talk about you know all these things that <clears throat> Bigfoot, Sasquatch, Yowie's, uh, abominable snowman. You know, um, <laughs> you know it's it's amazing how we talk about how you know how how natural and how in tune with nature they are. Mm-hmm. That you know, yeah, it'd be interesting. We do talk about the infrasound. I find that highly interesting myself because we have a friend who talks about she was uh, affected by infrasound. Mm-hmm. Uh, she said she was dizzy, she was disoriented, she didn't know what was going on, and they literally threw her in the pickup and took off. Um, so that's interesting. But it would be interesting if they could hit that higher register, like like you guys were were you know you know hypothesizing about being able to project this calming influence and but you know that would be in my opinion that would be even worse than being scared to death because then you're just being sucked in <laughs> you know <laughs> it's like come to me it's okay Arr. well but listen to this I, I i and i don't know if it's possibly infrasound I, I interviewed somebody who had an encounter in western australia the other day and he's he was living out in the bush at the time um uh, just living sort of a humpy that he'd set up. Um, and he woke up in the middle of the night and he realised he was wide awake and paralysed, like couldn't move. Oh. He he sort of looks down, tries to, looks down to make sure his dog's there. He can see his dog's lying by his side, also paralysed. And there was there was a, a couple of um, bush rats, little, little rodents, uh, who were there but paralysed too, mid-bite. I was thinking sometimes if you there's sleep a thing called sleep paralysis so you might be sort of in a half that half dreaming half awake and yep. half awake state. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you but if you wake if you wake up and you, you're paralysed your dog is too and the bush rats over there <laughs> are paralysed as well like frozen like somebody had waved a magic wand and they were mid bite. It lasted for a couple of minutes. Wow, it was very frightening. That's very intense, and, and you got to wonder yeah. like. Was was this a, a, a Yowie experience overall, or was it just a weird experience for these people? Or this well, person? he had uh, during in that time he realised he could hear very heavy bipedal footsteps oh. coming closer and closer. So he didn't actually see he didn't actually see the creature, but he heard like incredibly heavy and definitely two feet. Not a, not a kangaroo. There's nothing else that makes that sort of bipedal right. walking in Australia. Right. Uh, we don't have bears. We don't have apes apparently but yeah that's that, there's a there's a few instances of that what what we think maybe is infrasound but people feeling completely paralyzed and unable to move um i interviewed another a woman who had an encounter at mount hotham which is in the the victorian high country up in the mountains uh-huh. and uh she had the same thing a being they'd seen one earlier a couple of days earlier and then walking back at night they'd gone for a night hike in the snow, um, weren't using torches, and then suddenly this thing roared, bellowed at them from just off the track in the forest, and she realised that she couldn't move. Wow. Couldn't move anything. Like, couldn't move her head, couldn't move, and it took for her husband to kind of trying to break himself out of it and shove her and go, run, um, oh, and it was no. only then that she was able to move. Um so, so and same with Dean Harrison. He had the same same situation in what with one of his many sightings up in Ormo. Um, he had that same thing where suddenly he knows he's not alone. There's something growling and, and grunting and roaring, but he can't move. Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, that's scary. (laughs) (laughs) It really is. That's pretty hardcore stuff. Um, You know, and I I guess it's it's tough to understand because I I don't know that the infrasound from like a tiger or an elephant or the other um, animals that uh, alligators, I guess, use it to to some degree. um, I don't know that it has that same paralyzing effect, you know, or at least it, it and perhaps it's due to the intelligence of these Yowies, Sasquatch, Bigfoot, that they know how to utilize it and tune have you know tuned it to understand or to to have better results. Perhaps I don't know. It's it's very peculiar, but it's it's very interesting. It really yeah, very it, very interesting. I but again, it's it's sort of it's it's conjecture, isn't it? Really, that we've yes. got no way of proving that. Until we, right. until we make contact with one of these beautiful beings and they share all their secrets, I, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not in that camp where we're going to go out and hunt one and stick yeah. it in a cage and run tests on it. I, I think that's such a horrible, destructive human way of looking at things. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm in total agreement yeah. with you. And you know what I was thinking of, Sarah, as you were talking about the the infrasound and and uh, you know the the impact of being frozen and not moving and such was also uh, curiously as a side note the husband wasn't affected the same way as the wife huh or the significant other not as much like he okay. he, he was but he didn't seem to be as as affected as she as wow. she was okay um and i did speak to him i interviewed him separately i spoke to him um later and he didn't report feeling he was frightened but he didn't report feeling that same paralysis yeah and and many people talk about the the power of their screams and how loud they are. Mm-hmm. And I remember on uh, and uh, you know on Wes's show Sasquatch Chronicles, he interviewed the lady from England, who uh, that was you know, crazy. Yeah, but it, she, oh Claire, she, yeah, yeah, she had the male and female come yes. up and they were doing the samurai chatter back and forth. And then suddenly the the big one just got angry and screamed because. And then the next thing she knows, she's woke up by her car all scratched up and stuff. And it, it, it's it it was enough to make her go unconscious. So. That's a, that's a hell of a, of a of an impact for sound waves to have, so. Oh, absolutely! That that that's one of the scariest encounters I've ever heard. I know that one really well. I've listened to it a few times. Yeah. Just when she she's about to take a photo of these this family group oh, of sasquatches yeah. that are on the beach, and then didn't she drop her camera yes. lens cap? Yeah, and it clicked. And then, and, then, and and it clicked and made it landed on the rock and made a noise and all of a sudden they all turn around to her oh, at the same time. What a, <laughs> no what one a, thing. Be like, ah. Yeah. <laughs> I would. I no wonder she passed out. Yeah. Well. Yeah. I mean, uh, the gravity of the whole situation must have been terrifying. But, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to be going to the first break now. So when we come back, right from break, we're going to go right into the sound file. Uh, just get ready for that. <laughs> Hey guys, Brent Thomas here of the Paranormal Portal Podcast. We just wanted to take a moment to introduce you to the Paranormal Portal store. We've got t-shirts, hoodies, leggings, stickers, mugs, you name it, you might find it over there. So head on over to teespring.com slash stores slash paranormal dash portal and you too can help fund the Paranormal Portal Podcast. Thank you so much for all that you do and thank you for being a part of our Paranormal Portal family. Thank you. 
right, everybody, and we're back, and we're back at it here on the Paranormal Portal Podcast. Buckle up. We're going in. All right, ladies and gentlemen, we are back, and we're going to go right to this clip. So I uh, hope you guys are ready for this. This should be pretty darn epic. This was uh, 2008, by January at about 2 a.m. in the morning. I was situated at the Nambucca Caravan Park. I'd had a rough night that night and decided that the people that I was with at the time, I would leave. It was probably a bad decision. It was really early twilight, you know, one-ish in the morning that I decided, 1.30-ish, that I decided to leave out of Nambucca. And when I left, I looked at my um, fuel gauge and realised that I was on quite low. I had about a quarter of a tank to get me from Nambucca over to Coffs Harbour. And knowing that they'd have an all-night stop out there, because obviously everything was closed in Nambucca for fuel at that hour. So I headed out still with uh, intention that I'd be able to make it. Started out and got out onto the highway and headed towards the Blongle Blongle Forest, which is outside of uh, Nambucca. As I was driving, I had my dog with me, which was a like a 10-year-old Maltese who was partially blind and extremely sensitive to anything because of her, everything was heightened with her sensitivities because she was partially blind. And uh, she started squirming and carrying on in the passenger seat because she's sitting on the opposite side of me there and making quite a noise. I had the window partially down for her as well so she could breathe in the oxygen along the way. And she went from that seat down to the bottom of the floor of the vehicle and started cowling and carrying on quite a bit under the um, dashboard of the vehicle. And I was like, what's going on with the dog? You know, oh, this is so out of text with the dog and stuff. And suddenly I smelt this pungent smell. So it was so pneumonic and so pungent that it was burning my nose. And I was like, what is this roadkill? Of course, the first thing that comes to mind. But heck of a roadkill. It was like something like a cow or a horse that could even stink like this, you know? So not even thinking anything of it, continued driving. And at this time, I looked at my speedo. I was travelling about 95k on that highway. And it was the new part of the highway that I was entering into. So they just made a four-lane connection there. And it was kind of breaking out the road. So it was on its own for a little while in the two-lane road. And you see the opposite side um, of the northbound side, but there was an island through the middle of grass and sort of like a ditch that went down through it. But it was quite an open space. And off to the left, there'd been quite a clearing of all the pine trees since they'd put the highway through. So you could see through the pine trees as you were travelling along. You know how you can see that cartoon effect where you can see whatever's running, whatever's in that, you would see it, right? It would be quite clear. You know, there was a shadow the very back of the forest line as I was travelling along, and I kept catching it in my peripheral vision. And it was concerned about the dog and stuff and looking around me, so I was a bit heightened my senses and realised that there was definitely something in the distance. So uh, kept sort of putting that off, ah, it's nothing, you know, da-da-da, it's probably just animals, whatever, but what's that big? Started to notice it more and more, it seemed to be coming closer. And what I had noticed was that the highway was then cutting in from the forest and the forestry line was finishing, right? 
So that forestry line that I was looking at to my left was no longer as thick and it was thinning out and there was something like 10 trees then instead of maybe 40 trees back. So whatever it was that was behind that tree line was as coming in closer and I was getting more of a view of whatever this thing was and it was something that was on small legs that was running. I thought, a horse, a cow, but what, what on earth could it be, you know? It could be keeping up with my vehicle. Anyway, uh, the roads closed in. We got down to about two tree lines on the left-hand side, and I was thinking, oh, whatever this is, it's going to be coming in and it's going to cross across because it's following the end of the tree line with my vehicle. And that tree line would finish, and then the highway would begin and there's no more tree line. So wherever it was coming, if it was coming towards me, it was going to have to cross the highway. So I was like, oh, no, whatever that is, that's coming right towards me now. We're going to intersect for sure. So uh, before I knew it, it was on the left-hand side of my vehicle, whatever this thing was. I managed to cop a bit of a view of it through my, uh, you know, rear vision mirror on the left side, you know, the left side mirror. I was driving a four-wheel drive RAV at the time. Um, so she was a pretty sturdy vehicle. It had crept up the side of the vehicle and was on the dirt side of the road with my vehicle, whatever this thing was. So it looked like a giant red setter would be the best way of me. I didn't see any face or anything at the time because it, it had its head down and it was running on four legs. So the closest description at that point would have been an ape, you know, like a silverback gorilla size. It was just huge, but very slender and skinny and long, flowing red hair. And I was like, oh, my God, it's, um, you know, some sort of creature. I don't know. I don't want to walk. I'm getting pretty scared at this point. Um, it follows me along the road for quite a period of time. I start speeding up. I've looked at my speedo. I'm nearly 100 clicks by this stage. It's still beside me. My dog's absolutely going burp under the seat. So I'm thinking, okay, I'm going to veer over to the right lane to get away from this thing, right? There's no one around me. There's not one car on the road. There's nothing. It's a complete dead highway. This thing is on the left of me. It then picks its speed up and comes across the front of my vehicle while it's still travelling at this speed, but it's going actually faster than my vehicle and runs directly in front of my moving vehicle, right? And at the stage of it running on the four legs, it transitions from four legs to two legs. And so then it's bipedal, right? And it comes up and the size of this thing absolutely threw me. And I nearly rolled my vehicle when I saw this thing stand up. And it was like easy eight foot, easy eight foot. Wasn't looking like it wanted to attack me wasn't looking like it wanted to hurt me, but it was like it was having a game with my vehicle, which was the strangest part about it. And it stood up and turned its head and looked directly at me and then basically just jumped across the highway, ran onto the opposite northbound side of the two-lane highway and just disappeared into the forest. <laughs> it was <pretty laughs> terrifying. That would have been absolutely looking- terrifying. You know how you lean over your steering wheel and look up? Well, that's what I did. I leaned over the steering wheel and looked up and could not believe what I was seeing. It was like, this thing is a giant. It looked like it was a male. It was very um, Neanderthal-y. 
So it had all the traits of being Neanderthal-like, um, ape-like, had hair all over its cheeks, basically growing on its face at full length. It wasn't short hair. We're talking full-length hair, like something out of Chewie out of Star Wars. The hair on the top of his head flowed to the bottom of the ground. It was that long, and the hair on his arms was that long. It was just magnificent being, really was, and it was so clean and so brightly red and brown. If I was to classify its age, I would say maybe an adolescent or maybe a young male, but very, very athletic-like, very thin, quite clean, stinky as all hell, didn't make a noise, didn't make a growl, my dog was the only thing that was carrying on to the end degree in the vehicle. Um, it took a long time for that stink to come out of the car as well because as it crossed across me, it was just like I'd been intoxicated with the thing. And I could smell that smell in my vehicle and we only had the windows down a tiny bit. Um, I remember locking my vehicle too while we were driving because I was terrified. I thought at this point all I needed to do was run out of fuel right at this point because I had been really sticking it to the car to try and get away from it. I thought, well, if I run out of fuel or if I roll the car, because when I changed lanes, I nearly rolled my vehicle in panic because I was looking at the creature, not looking at the side that I was changing lanes to. So I remember the vehicle sort of like, you know, sort of gisting to the side a little bit because of how powerfully I turned to the right. And the dog falling and all the stuff in the seat falling as we sort of like quickly screeched over to the right side at that speed. But he kept up with me the whole way and he went faster than my vehicle. So I would have hit 105 at the end and it was going faster than 105. It was just incredible speed. Incredible. And it seemed to gain more speed on two legs than four. When it turns to look at you, you're driving and it turns to look at you, did it have an expression on its face? No, it was a blank face. Just looked directly at me and I looked directly at it and it had very red eyes. So it had red eyes. Were they beaming out or glowing? Well, they weren't like laser beams, but Uh they were like as if you shone a torch in a a cat's eye, you know, that kind of effect, or someone's eyes and they would go take a photograph of someone's eyes and they go red that kind of redness that I was seeing. It wasn't like a glowing alien or anything like that. Yeah, okay. But it was, the eyes were definitely, the pupil was red when I looked at it. Were there any whites of the eyes or was it just the whole thing you could see was all red? Just very red, very red and very sort of like a pale, sort of jaundice yellow white in the eyes. I didn't see its chest moving for breathing, like it was panting. It didn't even look like it was just cracking a sweat this thing just (laughs) ran and I was just like oh my god what is it it was so athletic the leap that it made across the center highway would have been two car lengths it was like it just took it like it was nothing just straight across it and I was just like oh my god when you first spotted it's running on all fours how tall do you reckon it was? So you thought it was maybe a cow? Well, I could or... see it. I could see the top of it, its back and its head from the side of the car. Just from about halfway from his back up to his head crotch down, I could see him beside the vehicle. Oh. And I knew he was on four legs at that point. But I obviously couldn't get over to that side to look directly at him. But I could see in my rear vision mirror what I was looking at. Describe the running motion he was on, on four all fours. Legs. He was on four when he first greeted me in the vehicle. 
running on four, like you know, like a like an eight foot run on his on four legs. And was the back slightly on an incline, or was it yes. completely flat? Yes. No, slightly on an incline. Meaning the arms are probably longer than the legs. His arms were most definitely longer than our arms would be. His lower forearms were nearly double the length of my arms. He was so long. When we stand up, our arms might be like they go to nearly the top of the bottom of our uh, kneecap, but his arms look like they went down past the kneecaps. They were just giant. And he wasn't like stocky, but he was just massively tall and slender and he was you could tell he had buff about him just gave me the feeling that it was a male didn't have female genitalia didn't have a breast and mm-hmm. didn't didn't have that look to it that it was a female you couldn't see whether it was what sex particularly it was but I would have guessed it to be a male because it just didn't look female at all you would have seen the mammary glands on its chest and stuff and I saw its chest and it was flat chested the bottom of his hands didn't have hair on it. So the hair went almost down to the tops of his um, digits, grew on his fingers, everything. And how long do you reckon the hair was? I know you said it was really long and flowing, but... It was ridiculous. It was flowing like a, a prancing horsetail. It was just so long. It was just flowing. And I just remember being in awe of his hair. It was just flowing. Because of the speed he was doing, it was just all flowing behind him. So there was a moon that night that you could see? Yeah, it was quite light, definitely quite light, yeah, because I wouldn't have seen those shadows through the forest if it wasn't quite a, a light night. I, I should look the um, the moon up for the night of the 1st of 2008, January, and it'll give me a bit of an idea where the moon was sitting. But I definitely had a good vision of him even at one in the morning, and my lights were all on him, you know, my, I had my beamers on, everything. What was the mouth doing when you looked at it? Was it open or closed? No. You could see that he had teeth. Just really saw like the first four teeth, the top upper part of his teeth, very big lips, really big lips, and just really dark, dark skinned, dark skinned, dirty, dark skinned sort of look. Did you catch the shape of the teeth or the colour? Not really. I just knew that he had teeth. And I didn't see any fangs or anything like that. He didn't growl. He didn't look like he wanted to attack. He, I mean, if he wanted to, he could have jumped my car. He was right next to me while he was travelling. He could have held on to that vehicle, could have jumped on top of me, could have pushed my vehicle. He could have done anything he wanted to. And all he wanted to do was just show off, really. That's, it really that's was. possibly it was why like it reminded game. you of a teenage you Yeah, know, that's man. why it reminded me that it wasn't a, um, you know, something like a hunting male. I was that damn terrified. And I pulled into the Coffs Harbour um, petrol station straight afterwards and I remember sitting at the petrol station for over three quarters of an hour trying to um, console myself over what I'd seen. And I told the guy at the service station what I'd witnessed and he said, oh, he gets at least one of those witnesses once a week at least come through and say something about that forest. He said he gets it all the time through Coffs Harbour, down through Nambucca. He reckons it's a hot spot big time for these creatures that are in there. They come down from maybe the ridge and they feed down in the lower parts at night and then they must go back up to the ridge lines again early morning. It'd be interesting to talk to someone who regularly gets people coming in like you who've had a frightening experience. He'd probably have Mm. quite a few good stories to tell. Oh, 
And the speed was the thing that just absolutely uh, knocked me over because I've read so many stories and stuff about them and never have I heard of one that, that was as fast as this. Never. In the distance, when it was coming through the forest, it was snapping trees like they were toothpicks. And the trees that they were snapping were as big as an advanced bangalow palm. You could see them and hear them. Oh, I could see the trees coming down. It was cracking trees over left, right and centre to get out to the roadside. And there's power, like it was just mowing trees over. I was like, oh my God. So how long did it run alongside your car for? Yeah, well, this is another question I put to myself. Um, possibly about three minutes I was with it. That would have seemed like three centuries, I, I guess. Yep because I just remember trying to pick speed up and get away from it and drive in front of it, and I couldn't get my vehicle past it. And I was like, if I keep pushing this, I'm going to blow the motor. Oh, and running out of petrol too was the, was the worst part. Like, I don't want to be stuck here with it. Yeah, it was just bizarre. The acceleration and the power made me think that possibly it came from two worlds, meaning possibly, you know, something that just wasn't known to us, something of a higher strangeness because I can only maybe imagine a cheetah running at about at its fastest speed and it's going to take it a couple of seconds to reach that speed of about 80 kilometres. But never would I have heard an ape or, you know, a monkey or anything like that being able to run at speeds like that. And in bare feet too. So you could see the feet? It had no shoes, had no clothing whatsoever. Just massive, massive all round. Big, big arms, big hands, everything. Big head. He was a really big, tall creature. A stately creature, really, you know. What shape was the head? I would say it was very long, the head. Very high sort of cheekbones and had like a very flat nose. So the nose would have had very broad um, nostrils and very dark skin around those sections and then hair that sort of grew around the face and you didn't see ears, nothing. Everything was under hairline. Was it a round head? It was long and round with a very long front face to him. Thick neck, the neck didn't seem to be defined like us as humans. His neck sort of seemed to sit within his shoulders. How wide were those shoulders, do you think? He was more athletically built. Um, He wasn't like some of the ones that people have drawn, but still very big, you know. I didn't see, like, great big biceps and things like that. No, I would have seen more of an athletic structure to him. That's what made me think that he was young. And you didn't hear any noise at all? No noise, gave no noise out, no growl, no rumble, no, you know, how they do all these terrible groans, you hear them and... I mean, I was really just staring at its face and just the massity of the, you know, and the smell, you know. It was just like I, was, I had my hand over my face. It was that intense. I think you said you noticed the smell before you saw the creature. Yep. How far away from you, from your car, was it? Six or seven tree lines back by that stage that I started to smell it. That's a fair distance. Oh, yeah, and worse and worse as it came closer like it had almost been peeing on itself. You know, that sort of smell of a bat kind of thing. Acidic, pneumonic, rotten flesh smell. Approximately how many metres away do you reckon it was? 
15, 20 tree lines deep when I saw its shadow. And then it just kept encroaching because the tree lines were finishing. So it went from about, you know, 50 tree lines deep, then it started then closing into about 30 tree lines, and then it had come into about 20, and then it came into about 10, and then it came down to five, and then mm-hmm. it just finished. And the creature just appeared out of there, and it was just like, I knew it was in there. And then when it just showed itself, I was like, this is ridiculous. And mm-hmm. then I tried to actually pull back, and he pulled back with me. Like it was waiting with me. I was like, no, because I thought, well, I can't stop the car. So I pull the car back, don't keep travelling along and encouraging it, pull back a bit. No, nah, then it pulls back with me. So it was like the more I sped up, the more it sped up, and I was like, oh, God. And then it stood up on two thought, legs. Yeah, then went up on two. I thought it was going to get on the vehicle. That's what I thought. I thought it was going to get on that vehicle and it was going to shake my car and peel it open like it was a can opener. But he didn't, you know, he just didn't. He just came in front, showed himself, stood up and, and, and did this giant leap in a running form off the side of the road to the other side, over the island, and just disappeared into the forest. And you didn't see it after that? No, that was it. It was gone. I was I was hooking it out of there. Mm-hmm. And then I pulled up out of the forestry line up a little bit further to sort of, to, uh, you know, say my prayers and thank the Lord I was still alive. But I remember getting home and just absolutely collapsing and waking up the next day and going, well, that wasn't a dream because I still remember it as clear as day. To me, this changes how science predicts how we were created. These creatures are still walking our planet and obviously they have been here since Gondwana. They have just been pushed further and further into the bushland and into the forest because obviously they don't mix with us. Pretty much everyone I've spoken to, and there's lots of people, have been genuinely traumatised and terrified. And I'm quite happy to live vicariously at the moment. And when they do find you, it's when you least expect it. That's the thing. And that's where you question yourself. And that's why you're so gobsmacked and you don't know what to do because you're just so caught by it. You're just so frozen in fear. That's incredible, Sarah. That's that's an amazing encounter. Wow. Okay, everybody, I think it's time we got to take a break, so don't go away, and we'll be right back with more of the Paranormal Portal podcast in just a couple minutes. All right, everybody, and we're back, and we're back at it here on the Paranormal Portal podcast. Buckle up, we're going in. Hopefully you feel wildly entertained because our guest tonight has been absolutely phenomenal. And of course I'm talking about Sarah Bignell of Yowie Central and Australian Yowie (laughs) Research is joining us today. And and we just listened, if you're just joining us, you missed out on an incredible uh, recorded interview that uh, Sarah shared with us. Definitely incredible. Wow, that blew me blew me away. Uh, first of all, I've never heard a report of them moving like that. That is really incredible. I've I've actually heard a few. Um, there's a, and and a couple of when women are driving alone in their cars at night, um, which which is slightly slightly well not more more than slightly. It's a lot scary. Yeah. Um, but the the whole idea of I find it. I found it really interesting. The whole idea of it 
her impression was not that it was trying to harm her, mm-hmm. that it was more a, a like a teenager toying with her and playing with her. Yeah. Um, scary still, but um, <laughs> I, I whole I, the whole idea of roadside sightings perplexes me because they must see they. A creature with 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 strength like that, with abilities like that, with a sense of smell, with a sight, uh, how they could not not see the car coming <laughs> and get out of the way. Yeah. Um, you know, so I, I I I I tend to think there's a lot more deliberate about right. a lot of the roadside sightings that we hear, and there are truckloads of them. Right. Like the yeah. the vast majority are, are roadside sightings. Right. Um, hmm. Yeah. But 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 definitely frightening, seeing something running on four legs and then rearing up onto two and then looking at you with n- no expression. That, that <laughs> I don't know what would be worse actually because I, I, I interviewed someone who recently who talked about seeing rage and fear and mm-hmm. and shock cross go across the 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 being's face. Right. So I don't, but I don't know what would be worse, like <laughs> complete expressionless, or <laughs> yeah. or some, or, or seeing the rage. I, I don't know. Both pretty bad, pretty scary. Right. What were, were you going to well, ask? Them, well, no, I was going to say, you know, there's we've we've heard several, you know, people talk about like juvenile Bigfoots counting coup, you know, trying to get the street cred with their friends, you know. So that's what I was thinking after she. Yeah, it was talking about how it jumped in front of her and like jumped out of the way and and uh, how she, he made this 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 creature made such a, a an entrance knocking over trees and blah 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 blah. Um, I I thought it was interesting and then how it just kind of gave her a look like, you know, whatever and like zipped <laughs> off again. So yeah. it sounds to me like a juvenile counting coup. Yeah. That's that's a great possibility. I, you know, and, and I agree. You're right. I, it's I assume that their hearing is also impeccable. <laughs> you know, and it's like I know when I've been up in the in the woods in a real desolate place, you can hear a car coming like a mile and a half yep. or more, yep. long before it ever shows up. And it's like, you know, they they're they they're got to be doing it on purpose. I've thought the same thing. It's like, you know, if they have, and obviously they work really hard to stay away from us normally. But then you get to something like this. It's like you know, it's looking at her with the deadpan face. Like, is that all you got? <laughs> you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know. It's just crazy. Now I gotta ask you, um, how often do you hear reports about the glowing eyes like that? Oh, quite regularly. Uh, okay. If they're if they're nighttime sightings, then the glowing red eyes. Uh, appear quite regularly uh and not always red sometimes orange mm-hmm. uh, sometimes green sometimes a, oh. a, a an iridescent blue white um oh. the vast majority though a red red orange yeah. uh some people even talk about them potentially being self-illuminating like being able to see like it's not traditional eye shine that's reflecting another source of light that uh that they've there's somehow there's something that's self-illuminating about the eyes I don't. Again, I'm not a scientist, so I don't know. I don't know right. how that works. Sure, um, that's pretty common. What about in the states? Do you guys get? It comes up. more reports. It comes up with the glowing eyes. Uh, I know of uh, one gentleman. Uh, I think his name is Kevin Keeney. He's a researcher uh, out of Arizona on the Mogollon Ridge, and and he he talks about 
how he sits there in, in absolute blackness, no lights, not even a campfire, and suddenly he'll see the red eyes appear. So it's not like he has a light source that should be reflecting back. And he talks about how they glow, and it's and it's really incredible. I you know, I, I it it doesn't come up a ton, but it does come up, and that's why I'm curious over there because you know I don't know that there's many differences at all between the Yowie and the Bigfoot or Sasquatch of the of the Americas. I don't I don't know. It seems like they're by and large the same being. Um, are you aware of any differences between the two? Well, we generally the reports here. No, a short answer is they seem to be really similar. There's similar reports from from the US and, and from Australia. We have uh, perhaps, from what I understand, what I've identified in the US is that there are, you know, four different main types minimum. There might be a few more, mm-hmm. um, whereas, you know, a type A, B, C and D, whereas in Australia we've more, we seem to have... Um, at this stage, like the research is still in its infancy, but um, at this stage we have a, a, a taller species, the big fellas, as the, the Aboriginal people call them, is the big fellas and the little fellas. Oh. Uh, so two different species. Mm-hmm. Um, according to some of the Aboriginal I've, people I've, speaking to, I've spoken to, they, um, they're, they're different entities. They're, they're both ancient entities. Okay. Uh, but they're different. They're completely different species. Um one of them is more mischievous than the other. One of them is more dangerous than the other. Apparently, I've heard that the little ones uh, are more dangerous than the bigger ones. The big <laughs> ones don't really want to hurt you. But um, again, I, I I don't know. So I guess in Australia, the the, the main difference would be that we've got the two species. Mm-hmm. We we have we do get Australian Yowie research of getting more and more reports in now of. A dogman-like creature, something with a with a with a muzzle. Uh-huh. Um, a lot of the older there's a lot of newspaper reports from um, early European settlement in Australia, um, the, the newspapers that existed at the time. But there are reports back in the, the 1800s of these beings, um, and so they're generally following the same the, the big hairy mm-hmm. uh, same description as Bigfoot. Or, or the smaller beings. But they did describe some of these beings back in those days as having a bit of a muzzle. Now, I don't know whether that's like a baboon-type muzzle and whether they were just trying to interpret what they were seeing. Most of these people would never have seen a gorilla in real life at that stage. Sure. Um, so, yeah, I'm not sure whether the dogman exists here. We, we have had reports of something... Uh, with ears like Dober, like a Doberman dog, um, with muzzle. Wow. Uh, yeah, but not it's it's not as common. But we've certainly had a few reports of that. Is uh, so. Sorry, go on. No, I was going to say, is there an Aboriginal precedent for that? Is there any legend uh, coming down through the Aboriginal lines that might describe that kind of a creature? As far as I'm aware, not. The okay. dog man as such. There's okay. Aboriginal legends relating to the, the, the big fellas and the little fellas. Sure. Uh, the Dulagal is one of the Aboriginal words for the big fella is the Dulagal and the Junja, the Junjadi, which is the, the little fellas. I'm just one of the many sure. Aboriginal names for them. There are different names all over the country. Um, but I haven't heard, and I, I could be corrected, but I haven't heard Aboriginal 
legends of that sort of a creature. But I have heard Aboriginal stories. I had heard one just the other day of devil dogs. Devil dogs up in the northern up in the up in the northern territory, and and I said, well, are you talking more about a, a bipedal dogman kind of thing? And he was like, no, no, it's it's a four four legged uh, quadrupedal, but they call them the the devil devil dogs. Oh. Um, glowing red eyes. Okay. You know. Yeah. So <laughs> it, it doesn't seem, and like this phenomena occurs all over the world mm. uh, on, on on every continent except Antarctica. You know. So yeah. um, they and there's so many similarities. Are we talking about just one species? Are we right. talking about interdimensional beings that could? pop up anywhere really all over the world in which case it doesn't really matter right yeah you know um you know what i mean like they I do they yeah. could have evolved separately on on different continents or they could have um or that all they don't belong here and just pop up here every now and then right yeah uh, those, I don't know. <laughs> those are the great mysteries and, and it's what i'm curious about too yeah. Well, uh, you know, and I have questions because I always have questions, but <clears throat> I like how you said, you know, they just pop up here. Um, how exactly do they pop up? You know, uh, we've talked to people about, you know, the idea of the quantum Bigfoot, you know, being able to pass. And I see the book behind you, by the way, um, yes. how they how they pass, you know, how they can pass through portals or folds or whatever you want to call that and pop up. We've all, we've asked that question several times about like the different uh, sea creatures, uh, sea monsters, if you will, the Nessies, the, the Pepe's, the, the champs, you know, it, are they all the same one that pass through a portal uh, and then pop up in these different areas? Are they different like mating, you know, uh, areas or, you know, do they go here to hunt or whatever? So, um, and, and so with that thought, you know, how, how would, you know, if you've got no precedence before of seeing these creatures, what do you mean they just pop up? That's scary enough. And just say no to dogmen anyhow. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Yeah, look, I, yeah, I don't have any answers. I, I'm, I'm, I've just started learning about the whole concept of what, other what other dimensions mean what right. interdimensional travel might mean how that's actually physically possible um it's a it's a new area of, of study for me and i'm i'm really open to it uh but i yeah don't ask me mate <laughs> I've, no idea. I've, I've got no idea how that stuff works <laughs> Come on, sure. uh, someone can explain it to me please please write him to me yeah. and uh and and tell me how the hell that works <laughs> <laughs> what do you mean you can't explain it wait a minute what was the presence here <laughs> <laughs> hang on i'll just have to look up my book just a minute. <laughs> i hear you no I, I i think that those are those are all the questions we have all around now um i have to ask you regarding that that interview as she described the Yowie, it's the long hair. Is is that description pretty typical for how people are describing the Yowies, or is that an atypical? Because generally over here we hear about, you know, the face seems to have a really fine hair. Mm -hmm. It's not really, uh, it's not really bald. It just looks like it has this real fine uh, hair on it, and then it gets longer on the chin line, like a beard, you know, and all that. Um, but she had described that it looked more like a Chewbacca thing with the long hair all over the place. Is that pretty typical for Yahweh sightings? Yeah, uh, there's there's a variety of that. So some people 
some people uh, report the full Chewbacca face covered in hair. Uh, other people describe what you just described, and maybe there's a there's a clear section around the the eyes, yeah. um, or even around the the the, the face. Mm-hmm. Um, what what was really atypical in her story was that she describes this long flowing red hair like a red setter dog. Mm-hmm. Um, if you, and if you can picture one of those, they've got this beautiful, long, red, silky hair that sort of <laughs> flaps yeah. around in, in the wind. Mm-hmm. Uh, and when they run, um, that was that was unusual. The length of the hair was unusual. But a few months ago, the the, I, the woman I spoke to who who was who felt paralysed up in the mountains a few months ago, the creature that she saw a couple of days before that experience that both her and her husband saw was blonde. Oh. Had long, flowing blonde hair. We, we, we've sort of nicknamed, nicknamed him the Fabio Yowie. <laughs> yeah. uh, I don't know if you know, if you, yeah, do you know yeah. that guy, sure. the sure. Fabio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, yeah. Um, the, the, the guy who was used as cover for romance novels uh, <laughs> all over the world because he's got this, you know, he's big and muscular and big square jaw and he's got this beautiful, long, flowing blonde hair. Yeah. Um, and so that was. Yeah, what's what's unusual is the length of the hair. Okay. Um, not so much the face covering. We get the the full spectrum of that. That's really cool. I yeah, I mean, I, I guess it probably stands to reason because I think that they probably have some biodiversity among them. So it's like they're all not going to look the same, much like people. They're you know we come in all shapes and sizes and and you know different variations in hair colors. So right. that's not unusual. But of course the red the red hair coloring is not unusual over here either. Um, as far as generally people seem to uh, see most often either a reddish orange color, like an orangutan or black. Uh, that seems to be the most common colors that I, that I have bumped into when I read about reports and stuff, but, uh, the red certainly isn't unusual at all. Um, I, I don't, you know, again, the, the length of the hair, we, we generally hear about hair lengths, um, being long on the head and, and like on the top of the head and draping down, like, you know, almost like a rock star haircut. And then, uh, six, six inch, eight inch long hair on the arms. Mm -hmm. So that's not, uh, too unusual over here. So just as a comparison. Yeah, and I think um, people generally report that the hair on the arms to be a little bit longer than, say, on the chest yes. or on the back. Um, but yeah, I, most of the time it's somewhere between two inches and four or five, six inches long maximum. But wow. to have it really long and flowy, um, yeah, <laughs> there's got to be a Fabio in every community, doesn't there? <laughs> There's one one egotist out there for sure. Um, did the did the AYR check out that that location then? Following that report, did you guys check it out? Uh, so not that particular location because it's um, it's in New South Wales. It's in northern New South Wales, but okay. it's a little bit f- further away. For oh. so I'm down. If you look at Australia, I'm down in the southeast in Victoria. Uh-huh. Uh, the rest of the team, Dean and Gary and Buck and um, the, the team up in Queensland are on the Gold Coast. So, Dean, oh. um, they, they research things that are, you know, around the Gold Coast area, closer to home, um, and it was a little bit little bit more of a drive for us to get there. So uh, we didn't go and check out the, the actual location. 
because it's often like, there's often not much point, you know. Sure, um, but it, you know, just when the because she went to the the gas station and, and talked to the attendant, the attendant's like, "Oh yeah, we get one of those a week." It's like really, yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. My God. yeah, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, we get there are hotspots like that all sure. over the country. There's there's another one called the Piliger, which is in New South Wales, and it's um, three thousand square kilometers of scrub. Oh. Um, that's really there's so many people report scary things happening. There's lots of Yowie sightings, there's UFOs, there's ghosts, there's all sorts of stuff going on in, in that particular area as well. So we can't get to, we can't get to every location, sure. Sure. you know, I get, I've, I've gotten, I've gotten 12 new reports in the last week. Oh my um, God. Yeah. 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 So some of them are historical that people, because of the because of the, the the incredible thermal camera footage that the AYR team up in Queensland captured, and you're going to talk about that, I know, with with Gary yep. next week. Next but, week. So I won't steal his thunder and talk about it too much. <laughs> but um, that every time we put out a, a video, and particularly that one, um, there's a new spurt of people finding the courage to write in. Um, finding the courage to tell their story and to share it. A lot of people keep that stuff to themselves for years. Uh, don't even tell their, their, their partners, uh, their wives or their or their children even. Um, so it's it's impossible to get to every location. Yeah. Uh, considering, the, considering the volume of reports we get in, um, it's just, it's never ending. Sure. Uh, which, which is great because it, it actually does mean that so lots of people have said to me, Thank you so much for your work and for your interviews and uh, and for Dean himself for starting this whole organisation and for sharing his yeah. experiences because other people have now got someone to to talk to about it um, yeah. and they often don't have anybody. Well, Sarah, we're about at the end of the show. I just want you to have a couple minutes to tell everybody how to stay in touch with you and your show and uh, Australian Alley Research. Uh, so could you do that? Yeah, so my my show is Yowie Central, and it's you can stream it via my radio, my local radio station, which is mainfm.net, M-A-I-N-F-M.net. It's on every Wednesday, Australian Eastern Standard Time. So that would be Tuesday night where you are. Uh-huh. Um, it's Wednesday, 10 a.m. here. Um, but you can find that if, if, you, if you Google Main FM, uh, you'll find the show, Yowie Central. Uh, and Australian Yowie Research, uh, we also have a, a fantastic website if you're interested in um, the over a 1,000 cases that we have documented, uh, historical going up to now, historical newspaper uh, reports as well as current-day modern reports, uh, audio reports of audio interviews of witnesses. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's, that's easy enough to find online as well. Uh, and you can join... The Yowie Central Facebook group, uh, just request to join and, and I'll approve. And I post links to uh, every, every week's show on the on the Facebook group. Uh, but I also do post the shows to um, Spotify, Apple and Google Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, iTunes uh, and Mixcloud. I think a few of those a few of those platforms. So you can find it. You can find it on your favorite platform as well. There you go, folks. Um, thank you so much for joining us, Sarah. It's been an absolute pleasure. Uh, I'm just had a ball. 
Uh, right back at you. It's been fantastic. I'd love to come back and uh, really, really love chatting to both of you. Awesome. All right. Sounds good. Uh, Don, anything in closing? Uh, no. Thank you, Sarah. It's nice to get to speak with you. And there we go. Have a great day. All right, guys, thank you so much for joining us here on tonight's show. I hope you guys enjoyed it. Please feel free to follow us on Facebook, facebook.com slash Paranormal Portal Radio, as well as finding us on Twitter. We're on Twitter at Paranormal Portal, P-O-R-T-L. And uh, we'd love to have you stop by our YouTube page and subscribe and check out our shows there. we got hundreds of shows in our, uh, our, our vault of <laughs> journeys into the Paranormal Portal. So I hope you'll check it, uh, check it out, guys. We're over there at youtube.com slash Paranormal Portal. So hope to see you guys soon. Uh, we'll be back, of course, for more podcasts in the coming days. So uh, stay tuned. But we love you all. Be good, be kind, be nice. Take care of each other. Help each other out. Find the magic in every day and remember to laugh as much as you can. Take care, everybody.